0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door
1: with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mattress Firm's Labor Day Sale ends Monday. Get a king mattress for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin for a savings of up to $600. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $4.99. And Friday through Monday, get a Beautyrest Queen mattress for just $99. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for the best deal of the season. Only at
0: mattress firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Ninety nine dollars mattress offer available in store only, to while supplies last. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com/sale.
1: Back in, you're listening in to the December 15th, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe. Joining me today on the show is not only a contributor here at The Viz, but he's also an editor. Not only is he an editor here at The Viz, but he's also an owner. Not only is he an owner here at The Viz, but he's also one of the best damn analysts and players in the industry. Welcome back to The Mailbag Show. Sean Siegel, you can find him on the tweets at FF underscore contrarian. It is great to have you back on The Mailbag Show. Sean, what's good?
0: Glad to be here. Mailbag is definitely one of my favorites of the the shows we have I mean obviously they're all good but getting to answer some of these fun questions and you know. love a good deal Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day sale entire store 50 to 70% off dresses from 19.99 polos from 16.99 find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory week 15 fantasy playoffs what could be better
1: There there, there really couldn't be anything better than than and and I have to say I mean it's almost like I I save the, the ask, right? Because I, I, feel like I, I only get like a one time, right? I get a one time, you know, when I'm, I need something from a fantasy player on a, on a, uh, you know, a game basis, right? Well, I just use my one time to get Sean Siegel on the show for the fantasy playoffs. And, and I'm not ashamed to say it. So that's what we're going to be doing here. If you want any help on your QQs for the week, well, you're going to get them this week as we answer all the questions regarding dynasty trades, player outlooks, redraft takes, start sits, DFS hits. And of course, the, uh, QQs are a little bit heightened here uh, with uh, playoffs on the line here. So uh no pressure for myself or Sean here. But before we do dive right in here, Sean, a short while ago, you put out a solid piece giving your thoughts on the rookie running back class going forward. And I know it's only been about a month or so, but has anything at all transpired in terms of, uh, you know, either further grounding uh, your perspective and thoughts or has anything slightly changed?
0: The biggest movement I think would obviously be Alan Kamara continues to impress uh, for dynasty or owners in all different kinds of leagues last week. It was just a dagger because so many people in, in that first round of the fantasy playoffs, they, they were there because of him. I know I lost a couple of leagues where that concussion took him out, but even with that being the case, I mean, he's, he's really the guy. When I'm looking at, running backs for really any format but certainly for dynasty i mean you want players who can provide high value touches so you know i'm, I'm less excited about the players who are going to give you uh, 25 carries and 80 yards and, and need to score a touchdown we really want those receptions we want those goal line touches and someone who can do both like camara i mean that's that's incredible And his Production, his efficiency level is obviously unsustainable. But even when you back him off of that, I mean, he he's a superstar. So he moves up ahead of McCaffrey. McCaffrey obviously had a bad game last week, and and also cost me and I'm sure some other people some wins. But his his long term uh, outlook is is just so strong. He's a similar kind of player in an offense. That doesn't fit his skills nearly as well, but I think that we'll see a little bit of a balancing there with them. And when I wrote the piece, it was just the rookie running backs ranked together, but I have a a dynasty top 100 coming out here in a few days. And, and just looking at that, I mean, I have Kamara all the way up at six, McCaffrey at eight, uh, Dalvin Cook at 14, Fournette at 26. And Kareem Hunt at 44. And, and I say that, you know, as a, a huge Chiefs fan, I, I definitely see, I see almost all the games, but um, watch the Chiefs a little bit closer. and And I still have some enthusiasm and optimism for Hunt, but I do think that, you know, he falls in fifth out of those guys.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you there as well. And one of the names you didn't quite mention here, Leonard Fournette here, of course, it seems like uh he's had a little bit of injury concern here and there. Now all of a sudden we've got a quad coming up here. So it's going to be interesting to see how that's shaken out. I have to admit, I was a little bit down on him. I actually drafted him despite being a little bit down on him in the RDL. And I just, it was one of those things where it's like, oh gosh, I feel like I like these other prospects better, but I can't argue with the volume I think I'm going to get from Fournette. So in, in the short term, it's, seems like it's worked out uh, you know I, I've really been surprised with the wide receiver talent there in Jacksonville so I, I almost wonder if Fournette I'm still maybe a little bit too low on just if uh, you know if he's going to continue to be that voluminous and we're going to see those carries going forward and then we're going to get A-Rob back and you know me it's like geez how, how do you like a guy that's attached to Blake Bortles but all he's done is actually be serviceable you know versus the narrative we got in the offseason right so he's another guy that's just kind of an interesting dichotomy that i i can't figure out where to place him because i don't know if i like him good enough and but at the same time if he's if he's because i know there's people that think he's you know maybe like a top two or top three overall dynasty prospect right but i can't seem to find them in the leagues that i play in
0: Yeah, it's going to be a little bit harder to trade him for that level of value in the RDL. And I think that, you know, he's going to need a few more touches in all likelihood to score than a couple other guys. But certainly the fact that Bortles has been functional is better. We've seen Todd (laughs) Early take this this huge jump once their offense went from, you know, really very bottom of the barrel to now, you know, one of the most. innovative and flexible offenses in the Mm -hmm. NFL and so if Jacksonville can go even a little bit more in that direction Fournette has shown more receiving ability I think than perhaps we might have have thought in terms of a, a floor for him and so you know if he can balance those traits and then their offense can continue to get better then certainly the sky's the limit
1: absolutely here and sean it's uh week 15 i love having you on to ursher in the uh general start of the fantasy playoffs past the wild cards or the division championships in some of those high stakes leagues as well uh i just got myself uh booted from sfb7 playoffs here uh you know kind of a debbie downer there it happens had a couple injuries before the league even started um admittedly though i i should have been more active in uh some of the uh waiver wires and getting a couple guys there but i do have a handful of uh Dino teams trying to advance here outside of RDL, of course, cancellation, but uh, any playoff sweats that you have on your end going on here?
0: Yeah, I think I'm in a similar situation. I have a handful of dynasty teams that I'm pretty excited about, including uh, Ben Gretsch set up a dynasty best ball league this year that, that has a bunch of the, you know, my favorite guys in the industry. And uh, so we had the startup and then went through the season. And my I had the first pick, picked Odell Beckham and that part didn't work out, but the rest of it has, has been you know very good or very lucky. And so in the semifinal that, that one is a little bit more relaxing. Don't have to don't have to set a lineup there. I think the one I'm most excited about, I didn't have a chance to play nearly as many high stakes leagues this year with some of the the new and exciting opportunities here at Roto Biz, but I did get an NFC team into the playoffs. It's one where I split best record and most points within their team. And so in that format, we have a three week playoff and uh, in that situation, unfortunately for him, he had so I was able to build a 40 point lead there that I have to hold for two more weeks. His team is better. And so it could be, (laughs) it could be tough to hold that 40 point lead. Uh, I'm in 31st overall. So, you know, you never know. That's, that's a little ways back to to think maybe you can win the whole thing, but um, you know, got a chance at it
1: good grief 31st overall is absolutely nothing to sneeze at how many, how many people total enter that one?
0: Oh, i don't know how what the the total number they ended up with it's not the same size as the main event for the ffpc but i think it's a, a 600 uh, team field to start with so something in that range
1: Pretty, pretty remarkable. And with all the variants and coming away and having Camara there and 31st overall. I mean, that's why everyone out there should be subscribing to the Viz. So if you're uh, listening to this show and you're not subscribing, you're, you're literally getting one of the best in the industry right now. 31st overall in the NFFC right there. And of course, all the, as he alluded to, the top 100 is going to be available on the site here. So you're going to want to check that out and we'll give you a 30% discount to do so. All you have to do is go to RotoViz NFL, uh, RotoViz.com slash podcasting. And- your subscription gives you access to that top 100, access to some of the greatest, brightest minds in the industry, and unlimited access to all the premium NFL content throughout the remainder of this year, throughout the offseason, throughout the Dynasty takes, the rookie, um, you know, analysis. As everybody here at the Viz is really just going to get, you know, really involved in the engine and really just try, taking a look at some of the uh, deep analysis here and, and and data coming up from the rookies here. So you're really going to want like this is the best time that you can get value for the show right now because it guarantees you through the entire off season and into next year which is pretty awesome probably one of the best values in the industry so again if you're listening to this show make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the site and also subscribe to us on itunes uh takes a lot of work to get the show every week and uh so we want to make sure that you guys uh also get this available in itunes and give us some good feedback for it and if you have any qqs you want answered on the show hit us up via email wrote at gmail.com and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as well all right sean let's get dirty you know the drill let's get it redraft my opponent is loaded at every position except the only weakness i could find was that defense so i picked up both buffalo and tennessee can i start either of them over baltimore this week what say you
0: I don't think so. I, I'm also looking at some tough uh, defensive decisions where they seem you know, somewhat equal, but I would still go with Baltimore. You have the chance there to benefit from Kaiser and, and the turnovers that he potentially will suffer from, the, the potential sacks as well. I don't think Buffalo matches up that well with with Drake uh, and then Tennessee with with how poorly they're playing and, and how well San Francisco is now playing with Garoppolo in charge. I I would just stick with the the more straightforward play there. I, I like to play the defenses where I think they're going to get a fairly solid lead and and playing against a quarterback who could make some mistakes and yeah you know, probably the the straightforward selection there is the best
1: one. Yeah, I'm with you there on Baltimore. What's what's surprising is I was. I thought about Tennessee in this one, and they granted it's its recency bias though because we saw a pretty decent pass rush from Tennessee um but you know i I granted you know look who he was rush they were rushing up against last week, and I, I know Jimmy seems to have been staying upright here thus far um you know I, I'd monitor that Jimmy Smith it seems like um you know maybe something to 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 think about, but you know i I'd, I'd say at the end of the day, fantasy playoffs here Baltimore, I'm with you there as well. Uh, redraft PPR start three of Samaji Pirine, Alex Collins, Doug Baldwin, Brandon Cooks, and Marquise Goodwin, the the, uh, the the fresh hot new name in the scene. Marcus Goodwin, what do we got? Yeah, I,
0: I've got to go with the wide receivers. There, I'm a I'm a wide receiver guy, especially in obviously PPR and and down the stretch. Here, all three of those players uh, should have the type of volume that. You know, and especially, you know, what you look at some of the air yards volume that you're going to get from Cooks and Goodwin. I think you want to stick there, but I do also like Alex Collins quite a bit. I wrote an article a couple of years ago saying that he compared, you know, very favorably to, to Mark Ingram and, you know, that. For me, that's not necessarily a compliment or a full compliment in that Ingram, you know, I've always felt is is very much someone the Saints stayed with only because they had already invested so much into him. And, uh, you know, now now he looks like a star. So that didn't look like a very good take a year ago when Collins couldn't beat out. Uh, undrafted and and practice squad kind of guys from the seahawks but sometimes it just takes that little bit change of a scene uh different fit within an offense and and he looks fantastic so you know if you're leaning toward wanting to have a running back in there then he's the guy to go with
1: and that's what's so maddening about this, this game that we play sometimes, Sean. I mean, I must have had Alex Collins rostered on, I think, three different dynasty teams. And, you know, you, you, succumb to injuries, things happen, a couple guys, you know, they just, they just don't make the cut on your squad. And Alex Collins seemed to be one of them where, man, I wish I still had him on a couple teams where I need him. Uh, I still have Kenyon Drake on a couple teams, but, uh, a couple teams I also, um, you know, threw Kenyon Drake to the side quite literally 2 weeks before the whole trade went down so it was like what are you, what are you going to do here so th- those have been some of the most tilting things for me Sean but uh what's what's been your biggest tilt so far this year
0: well <laughs> loss of rob gronkowski right at that that crucial moment and mm-hmm. i also have tom brady on quite a few teams and so you're watching that game you know you don't have have Gronkowski in there. I don't know how many listeners have had a chance to check out the article uh, from Monty Fawn on Rotoviz. He actually finished number one overall in the regular season of the FFPC, but due to uh, sort of the the bad luck of uh, backup tight end getting hurt in Kobe Fleener, the way that the the free agent money went down. Didn't have a backup for that, and so actually had to take a zero. Wrote about it on the site this week. His team still scored 180 points. So uh, there were some ways to get through it. My Gronkowski teams did not fare so well.
1: Uh, you know, and, and that's nothing that you can plan for. That That is absolutely a huge tilt fest when your guys not on the field just because, well, I guess we'll just say some poor decision making. We'll keep it. We'll keep it PG, Sean. How about that? <laughs>
0: you can certainly certainly see why why he was kicked out. It just, I think, you know, if you're a, a Gronkowski owner or a Juju Smith Schuster owner, not that that you know is likely to have nearly as big an effect, but you'd certainly like to see George Iloka's suspension also upheld after he takes that shot at Antonio Brown. It doesn't, you know, you don't really feel like you can buy the idea that they're trying to protect the players if the most vicious hit and the one likely to cause the most damage uh, was not fully penalized the way some of these other ones were.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I've I've started to um, see some of the alerts for the new, um, you know, padless helmetless uh, football league that, that is starting to form. Uh, I'll have to shoot a link out for it here, but you can tell the way they're wrapping dudes up and you would think off the top of your head, right? Like, uh, football without pads and without helmets. That sounds dangerous, right? Like, I know it was dangerous when we were all playing it in the schoolyard, but, um, but if you think about it, people are not using themselves as, as, as weapons. They're not using their helmets as weapons. So, eh, I think, you know what what can you do it's the nfl and they want ratings and, and then these pads and helmets are clearly giving them ratings here but yeah if they were really concerned about safety we'd even probably go back here's a hot take to, to the leatherheads right back in the day to the leatherheads here all right moving on here we have redraft ppr sean just when he doesn't see the ball in the second half combined with a tough matchup this week i'm inclined to sit josh gordon for jordy nelson uh with aaron Rodgers coming back am i overthinking this
0: i don't think it would be overthinking it but it is a, a tricky situation we had some questions about this on the message board as well uh, nelson obviously will benefit from aaron Rodgers coming back but one of the things that we've seen in their offense is that uh, Devonte adams has taken a big step forward and also maybe a little bit of a step back and when you bring Rogers back into the equation, you know, does that bring Nelson all the way back or does that really just launch Adams even more? I think, especially in this situation where you have that tricky matchup with Carolina, uh, that it is really a 50, 50. So I think that you can go with Gordon because you know that he's going to get that volume, especially when it's deep volume to where, uh, he could end up with you know 7, yards in a handful of targets and you know get that touchdown. Uh, maybe stay away from Nelson for one more week.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there as well. I mean, my my knee jerk reaction was Rodgers is back. All right, let me go check the pricing on Jordy Nelson on John DK. Right, and it was like you know the the more I think about this, like you know which which way was it? And I think I'd rather see it to believe it first and, and just continue with what I know was working the entire time in, in Devontae Adams. So that, that's the way I would go. And I, I would, despite the matchup, I think I would still take Gordon in this scenario personally myself as well uh also redraft ppr what should i make of the philly offense now i'm inclined to think jay ajayi stands to benefit the most but i really don't have anything to go on outside of thinking they're going to increase the rush percentage of of offense and ajayi did double the snaps of the other two last week do we see also do we see jeff fisher foals or chip kelly foals
0: I think this could be closer to Kelly Foles. The offense is just too strong and too multiple uh, in terms of a lot of the things that they do and the receiving firepower that they have to to go into a shell. And especially if you're going to try and win the, the Super Bowl, which still needs to be their objective, I think you have to go out there and throw everything after their team and compete and, and show what. Foles can do, and if he can't get it done, then he can't. But you know, you're not going to win uh, just handing the ball off to ajayi and having him run into the line. This is going to be a very similar, if not the same, offense to the one that Foles ran extremely well in relief of Alex Smith a couple times in the last few seasons. So uh, he shouldn't have as many problems going in as maybe a different backup would.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, Sean. I am so glad you said that because I'm so excited for Nick Foles' week, and I feel like nobody out there is as excited for it as as I am. You know, it's like the whole narrative with Jared Goff, Jared Goff, to Sean McVay uh, versus Jeff Fisher, right? I mean, and I'm not going to in any way, shape, or form discount what Carson Wentz has done because he has been, you know, nothing short of pristine here this year. But I think a lot of that also to your kind of you kind of alluded to it, attributed to the, the the offense in general that they run and Philly. It's very methodical, very high efficient passes. Uh, so I, I think Foles should be able to step in and you know maybe give us seventy five percent of Wentz, eighty percent of Wentz, and if he can do that, I think you're going to be just fine. So I, I think they probably do lean a little bit more to Jai, but but not too much. And so yeah, I think uh, Nick Foles is definitely somebody I'm going to have um, Ian in my Raiders this weekend as well. Sean, what's your favorite fantasy football memory ever?
0: It it would have to go back to 2013, week 15, when Jamal Charles went off. I, you know, just we had Monty on the road of his radio this week, and you know he was talking again about how even once you finish first uh, during the regular season, you're not expecting to win the whole thing because there are so many teams and so many good teams. Uh, and, and certainly in 2013, I was not expecting to win, even though I had the, I, I've just been a very lucky fantasy football player, and, and I had the great good fortune to have, I think, seven teams in the NFFC primetime finals. So that obviously gives you a few more shots, but, you know, there are so many good teams you're not, you're not expecting to win. But two of them had, uh, Jamal Charles and, and were in decent shape. They had the sort of weird, uh, Josh McCown, Alshon Jeffrey, Um, stack that the week before had performed pretty well and and kept him sort of close to the top and uh, about the time that he broke his fifth touchdown where the Raiders are are somehow letting him catch passes and then run 60 yards uh, unmolested you know I I was I was watching that day with my sister who Uh, extremely good fantasy player in her own right and it just sort of dawned on me at that point it's like i think i think we've got to we've got to be there we've got to be pretty close up to the top and it turned out that we were and, and the next week we were able to win and so jamal charles Kansas city chiefs obviously my one of my very favorite players regardless but with that obviously he's at the top
1: just, just one of the best of all time, most efficient running backs. And, and, yeah, you gotta, you know, I'm not gonna let you sell yourself short. You're the luckiest. No, 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 no. You put yourself in the position to take advantage of some of the, so, we'll say positive variants that also came your way after you put yourself in that position. So, you you are a, a, a very down to earth, humble dude, Sean. Uh, but I'm not gonna let you get away with it. You're one of the best. There you go. <laughs> DFS, there are a few running backs in the value range I like, but of course we also get Lev Bell and Antonio Brown back. Uh, On the main slate, I should say, in addition to Todd Gurley being Gurley, Mark Ingram possibly uh, with a a limited Camara and wide receivers like Michael Thomas, the Green Bay guys, so on and so forth, plenty of guys in the 5 to 6K range. Quite frankly, I don't know which way to go. Where are you starting for cash games? Have you uh, had an opportunity to take a look at any of this for this upcoming weekend? I...
0: I have, because Pat James and a bunch of the other guys write fantastic DFS articles for us every week, and going through those, editing those, uh, Pat was talking this week about Bell being the guy you had to start with, and I, I agree with that completely. His his overall value in terms of rush expectation, receive expectation in terms of total points, it's just so high. He's been down a little bit this year, in part due to the slow start, but he scores in so many different ways gets such a high volume of touches that game looks like it's going to be a shootout which in some cases you wouldn't necessarily expect to benefit the running back but again bell is the guy where he benefits from everything you know he could he could have a 40 50 point game uh, at any time and so i think you start with him pat also recommended antonio brown we saw from brown again last week uh, what he could do probably the best fantasy player in the sport. And so I think, you know, you try and get one of those two guys into your lineup, build around them the best you can.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be completely transparent on this one. I'm still struggling this week, Sean, uh, with, with roster construction in general. Cause, uh, it, it one of, it one of the, the very macro level, um, splits I, I tend to lean to and I know I shouldn't is, oh, we've got AB at home. I'm going to use AB. Oh, we've got Bell on the road. I'm going to use Bell. And they both have comparable salaries this week. And, but what I'm also struggling with is, is I know they're going to be the chalk. They're back on the main sleigh for the first time in four to five weeks here. Um, and and it's like just don't get don't get stupid don't get cute just use one of these guys. But last time I used both of these guys, you know, it was the week that they burned everybody, right? And I see Todd Gurley here. I see you know Kenyon Drake. Of course, is going to be the smash play. I like Alex Collins. I like JHI I see a lot of the value options there. And then of course you got guys in the, in like uh, the aforementioned Michael Thomas, uh, Dede Westbrook this week. So I I'm struggling roster construction wise because I don't see a ton of value on the low end to be able to get these guys in there um, so I, I don't know Sean I'm gonna I'm gonna have to still look at this one and I you know on the surface yeah the the correct answer is, is Lev Bell because of the inherent variance that you're gonna get the wide receiver position as well um, but I, I don't know I might just be playing more tourney this week because quite frankly I'm struggling with the point per dollar there at 9k when I know it's it's a tough salary type of week and I know there's a lot of different value plays so how how dead am i sean how am i going down or what
0: now that sounds good and i i recommend playing the tournaments anyway those those are, are more fun than the cash games (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and un- unfortunately i am boring and i am a cash game guy but yeah I've-, I've dabbled a little bit more this year in in tourney uh more specifically in in, in nba as well so uh, uh also more of that content here at the viz you're going to want to sign up for that nba content is also at a discount right now all right uh, redraft ppr can i trust what we've seen lately from jesse james i don't want to backscore scout but 10 catches no projections i've seen have i'm even close to guys like jared cook austin Severian, Jenkins, but isn't there a strong case to use james over those guys
0: i don't think so ben gretch writes just a phenomenal series for us every week broken down afc nfc uh, stealing signals is the name of it and he goes over the situation in detail talking about how much volume the steelers had last week and how unsustainable that will be the uh 66 passes and you know, 44 completions, you have double digit targets for four different players. That's not going to be the case uh, certainly every week and probably not the case this week. There, there is some scenario obviously where you could have this mega shootout between the Steelers and the Patriots. And I think that that's what everyone is looking for, or at least fantasy owners who, who have some exposure to those guys in their redraft leagues. But uh, I, I would go with some of the tight ends who have a little bit better projections in the game level similarity uh, projections that we have uh, several, different, uh, several different versions of those on the site.
1: Very good, very good. As you're talking about that, I'm watching tight ends score touchdowns from Brock Osweiler here because everybody started uh Brock Osweiler this week. What a tilting Thursday night for many folks out there, depending on Trevor Simeon here. So, But I'm not going to rehash it because you may be listening to this the following day and saying thanks a lot, Gummy, for reminding me of that. Trevor Simeon injury. So I'll just move on from there. Uh, redraft. Uh, what happened with Jimmy Graham last week? Is he still hurt? Was it just a matchup thing? Vegas likes the the points, of course, in this game, but will Jimmy put him up versus the Rams? I also have Eric Ebron, and luckily I squeaked through despite the Graham goose egg.
0: I think Graham is probably fairly close to 100%. The thing that happens in these Seahawks games is that. Russell Wilson doesn't need any one guy in order to to put up the huge points. It's been a little bit disappointing for those of us who have a, a decent amount of exposure to Doug Baldwin that – we're not necessarily seeing the volume there either that the fantasy owners would really like. Although again, a very solid fantasy player because of the points that they score and the fact that they have to go through the passing game at this point, but with Lockett also there with Richardson also there with what he can do with his feet. I mean, he scores so many points, but has it spread out in such a way that I don't think you can rely on any individual player within their passing game in terms of the receivers to have the volume in a specific week that you need. Now, Now, the tricky part with Ebron is that if you watch the last game and what Tampa Bay tried to do, they they very clearly said that they wanted Ebron to beat them and and gave up just anything the, the Lions wanted to him in the short area and tried to take away Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. I don't know that. That will happen again this week, but it was fairly effective. And so, I, as, as an Ebron fan and believer, I'm hoping that this could be the beginning of a breakout. But I think if you need the the high end potential, you know, you go with Graham. If you need maybe the volume of those targets and uh, want that that floor for your game, that you maybe go with Ebron.
1: I never thought I would agree with that, right? But here we are in week 15, and I agree, the safer floor has to be Eric Ebron right now, and the ceiling plays is Jimmy Graham. Um... Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm with you there. I, man, the industry as a whole was just too harsh on Eric Ebron. Guys like him or Devontae Adams, they start a little bit slow. We just chuck him to the curb, right? These guys are young, especially in a position like that. You know, I, I hope you're right, Eric Ebron. I think, yeah, I think it was you that pried him away from me in RDL, Sean. Thanks, thanks for that. Yeah.
0: I, it seems like that had to have been a trade that I lost since he, he hasn't scored too many points since then.
1: I don't, I don't know. I think I ended up with one of the Green Bay tight ends in that one as as well. But, oh no, I think uh, Kyle Rudolph came back. Or, or maybe I got him from somewhere else. I, I can't remember. But uh, I'm getting all flustered right now because I'm watching Cody Latimer get a two-point conversion here. It's like we're, we're, it's, we're living in the return of the living dead right now or those that have never lived in, I guess. I don't know how to say that, but without just going to go to our Fuck Mary Kill here for uh, week 15, thanks for nothing edition. So I'm going to allow you to pull an audible on this one here, Sean. So here's what I hand selected for this this previous week. Lamar Miller got dinged up, had to deal with uh, uh, Tom Savage going down. Mike Evans, who, well, has just been a stinker all damn year. And then, of course, AJ Green he was fine last week, but he really didn't kind of give us what, at least what I thought he was going to be able to do as a wide receiver one versus the Bears. Uh, but I'll go ahead. Ahead and let you throw a fourth option in there based on your earlier tilt sesh with uh with Gronkowski. There, we'll go ahead and let you add number 69 to the list as well.
0: Yeah, these guys Lamar Miller, <laughs> he always seems like the player who is right on the verge. He's got that athleticism, he's got the decent size, he can make the splash plays, and he's in that offense where uh, it's it's a pretty flexible, aggressive offense that should allow him to score. now clearly the losing the different quarterbacks, I think has killed him and then you you put the injuries in here. I think when you're trying to to kick somebody off the island or whatnot, he's probably the guy. For the other two players, Mike Evans, uh, I you know again in terms of the luck thing I have led the MFL ton of death from the first week till now, mostly based on Kareem hunt early, and then Rex had late. My first two picks were Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks, and they never score. So I don't, I really don't know how the roster manages to make it up, other than just luck. Like last week, uh, my I think twentieth round pick, uh, Tory Smith, puts up a big game, which which is less likely to happen <laughs> going forward. But I think if you want a one a one night stand sort of situation here, then, you know, we have to hope that Mike Evans can finally get it going. Uh, He's going to be the guy they get the ball to this week as the the Tampa Bay coaching staff tries to save their job, save their jobs. And then AJ Green, again, you know, Ben, Ben was all over this had a bunch of interesting information on, on the Bengals. And even with, not having the great week last week, his opportunity has just been out of this world. He has a, a .94 weighted opportunity rating over the past four games, which, for people who are familiar with Josh Hermesmeyer and the excellent area arts work he's done, and that combines sort of the, the number of targets with the depth of targets and, and the total volume situation there. And, and that's an astonishing number. So even with the Bengals, Collapsing. Certainly, it seems like their coaching staff should be fired. They need entirely new uh, thoughts, ideas, structure. There, AJ Green is the guy that still would would like to be in that long term relationship with. Hopefully, starts to get it going this week and then carries it on into the future. Gronkowski, we're just going to put him to the side and 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 keep him in a different category after uh, how much he cost us with the with the hijinks <laughs> a couple of weeks ago.
1: He got kicked out. He just turned 18. He's just been doing nothing with his life. We got to throw him to the street so he gets us, you know, what together here. Um, I'm with you there a hundred percent. My, uh, AJ Green, he's really been both those guys, Mike Evans, AJ Greens. I've been depending on them a lot this year. It just hasn't panned out. Lamar Miller, you know, I thought it was just such a golden opportunity last week. And you know, it's just like one of those, you know, it's like quicksand, different things happen and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but that, you know, that's why I love this game. Because you can make these decisions on a season long basis, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. So if you have some of these guys that are just tilting you to no end, you're going to want to head over to draft and just uh, take advantage of some of the variants over there. Uh, it's one of my new favorite apps in the industry and you can do this with your friends, your coworkers, your buddies, um, anybody that you like drafting with. You can do so uh, literally right now as you listen to this. Pull up the draft app in the, in the, uh, I, uh, app store and go ahead and enter in and actually you're going to get uh your first three dollar entry on draft for doing so by using the promo code rv radio and uh you don't have to worry about you know uh roster management injuries or anything like that just go ahead and draft your best team versus their best team and uh see who wins it's pretty awesome you can do head-to-heads for as low as a dollar for as high as one thousand dollars pretty outstanding there some of my favorites have been uh, just for fun, as you can kind of draft the team uh, called the Dream Team, where you just take the five best players you see in the rankings, enter them for you know a, a dollar, a nine dollar contest, a twenty dollar contest, and see who wins. And uh, I have had some success on those, um, just uh, capitalizing on some of the touchdown variants. And, and the secret's kind of out of the bag now. But uh, if you take a look at their pre-draft rankings, you know you're, you're going to see people tend to stay toward the top. So what you want to do is really scroll down a couple screens there and find some of those guys that you expect to pop off uh, you know great opportunity in some of those five men to uh, get us get us team stack going uh, you know uh, rivers and allen for instance last week uh of course i also did it with savage and, and nuke sean but uh we we all know how that worked out uh had i known i was supposed to get tj yates and Nuke and copkins i, w- I would have done so uh but that's exactly why draft is where you want to be so again head over there you can also do the website at playdraft.com and again the promo code to use is rv radio all right moving back in. Dynasty. Here we go. The offense I have the littlest idea about in 2018 is Minnesota. I'm not discounting Adam Thielen by any means, but does he keep his current role going forward, or does that change back to Diggs, or do they stay where they are formation-wise? But the next quarterback potentially favors Diggs uh, with Cook coming back from injury. Uh, uh, Dalvin Cook, excuse me. Does Minnesota return to him full-time, or do they still mix in a little bit of Murray, a little bit of McKinnon? What say you with this offense? Offense going forward?
0: I think it'll be a mixture, but I also think that it's going to be just a fantastic offense. So I think it's going to be one of those offenses in 2018 where it creates so much value that it's going to be difficult to go wrong in terms of, of picking the guys. Adam Thielen, you know, there's a little bit of the, the one-year wonder element to what he's done this year or to the perception of what he's done but I don't think that that's fair uh, in Josh's uh, preseason top 36 wide receivers he talked about him being one of the most undervalued receivers in that group because his 2016 production actually projected out and dictated a much higher ADP than he had in as opposed to falling back and showing that okay, I'm not a highly thought of player. It's a little bit of a, a later or mid career breakout. Those people, there is quite a bit of risk there, especially when they don't have as long a track record. But instead of falling back, he really solidified what he had shown last year. And I think that will continue. At the same time, Stefan Diggs, the the thing with Diggs, both in terms of college and in terms of the NFL is, you know, there have been some injuries and then the offenses aren't so explosive that the market share value of what he does really shows up. And then going through this little bit of a stretch where he definitely has been overshadowed. I think when you put that in the context of not getting enough credit for some of the things he did earlier, it makes him look like a a very clear number two, or maybe even someone to sell. I, I definitely wouldn't do that. I think next year you're going to see both of those guys, big time fantasy wide receivers. And then, Dalvin Cook should come back and and pick up where he left off. I think that Latavius Murray and Jarrett McKinnon both undervalued players. I don't really think the narratives about them coming into the season were necessarily fair. Both of them are much more athletic than they're given credit for, and I think have more flexibility. You know, Murray can catch a little bit better than people realize. McKinnon has a little bit more ability you know, running inside than people realize. So they're flexible running backs who who have a lot of talent. But when they have Cook back in there, you know, the, the offense is just going to take off. With that, you know, the the other running backs have shown what that offense can do from a running perspective, which was definitely not the case in past years. So I would be buying pretty much all of these players for 2018.
1: Yeah, this team is stacked. I mean, you have guys that were, I mean, highly touted. Uh, neat, granted, they've been some ups and downs. You know, I mean, Michael Floyd, there's an ups and down. I wouldn't say Treadwell was highly touted, you know, here, but around many parts, he was highly touted. And these guys aren't even getting on the field. I mean, that's, it speaks accolades for what this offense can do and the talent that they have. So I'm with you 100%. I'm trying to figure out different ways. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've got plenty of Kyle Rudolph shares. I've got plenty of Jarek McKinnon shares. Um, but I don't have enough wide receiver exposure. My fear is that I'm not going to be able to get it unless I I can figure out some, uh, current guys on my roster that are probably on the decline, uh, that have a little bit more name value, but, uh, I'm with you there. 100% want to get in on this offense. Uh, redraft PPR, starter sit Jamal Williams. They have to pass versus Carolina, but the volume has been huge. Does the volume decrease with Aaron Rodgers back? And if, that, if that's the case, does Aaron Jones actually get more work around as a better pass catching back?
0: I think the biggest concern is going to be Carolina's defense and how well they stop them overall. Williams has uh, demonstrated more hybrid ability, maybe, than some people thought. His biggest issue is that he's just not a freak athlete. So he probably doesn't have an incredibly high ceiling that some other backs have, including Jones. But he's certainly one of those players who has flexibility in terms of what he brings to the table. So I don't think that they have to go back to Jones this week. And certainly it hasn't seemed like they've wanted to do that either because Jones isn't hundred percent or they're just that high on, on Williams right now. So I think you have to have to start him and expect him to have another good game.
1: Very good. All right, Sean, what was the worst job you ever had? I mean, I,
0: I just have to say that I've been incredibly lucky and, and never really had one that that I disliked. I I was uh, coming right out of college. I had the incredible good fortune to be hired as the head men's women's tennis coach uh, at Emporia State University, which uh, is a, a city halfway between Kansas City and Topeka, um, or I'm sorry, between Topeka and Wichita. And so you have this school in the conference that I got to play in down the street from, from where I grew up in Kansas city and, you know, coaching tennis, there's not the pressure on you that the, you know, football and basketball people have, obviously, you know, certainly the competitiveness within your team, within your group, uh, within your conference, all those things uh, is just as high as it is for those other sports. But I mean, it, it was a dream job. And from there I've been able to go to some of the different freelance writing things. So I, I, Again, good good fortune on that because if you can start out coaching tennis and and just having a, a job of that nature, then you're pretty blessed.
1: You definitely are blessed, but I'm not going to let you off the hook. All right, let me think. Let me think. But okay, if there was one like odd and end type of job that you you have to do, what what's your least favorite odds and end?
0: Working when you are in the the fantasy football industry, it's it's a blast. I, the the thing I would throw out is that if you want to to write for us, if you want to write for somebody else, when you're writing in-season articles, you don't have to inform the reader that you're talking about this week. When you say that you're playing the Green Bay Packers and they're playing them this week, then that that is implied. The, the only part of the job that is not a blast uh, being an editor for roto is removing the phrase this week. Um, 50 or 60 t- times a week uh, during the course of any uh, any particular Sunday.
1: <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you very much for, for the candor. And I'm also going to be duly notating that every single time um, I ever write another this week again. Moving on. Redraft PPR. Start two between Golden Tate, Devante Freeman, the aforementioned Stefan Diggs, or Theo Riddick.
0: I would go with Riddick, except there are some concerns that Abdullah might be active again, and and that would be unfortunate because the Lions offense definitely works the best when Riddick is the main guy. Even though he's far less athletic, he just has a much more intuitive feel for what he's doing out there and brings more pass catching ability so i I wish that that were not going to be playing this week and we could get that full workload for riddick like he did last week but what what we're going to see i think you have to go with tate who has that huge volume in the short area with the lions offense and then Devontae freeman with it looking like tevin coleman may miss again this week i I hate to make any recommendation ever where i leave stefan Diggs out but i think i would go for the for the solid volume of those other two players.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and, and yeah, tough sledding, right? It's almost like off-brand for you to, to not be able to put digs in the answer here. So I, I feel you 100% there. All right, Sean, uh, movie within a movie time. Take movie one's cast of characters, pick them up, move them into a completely different movie's plot. What's the new movie, and how does it play out? <sighs>
0: The the thing that immediately came to mind, and this may maybe cheating because it's almost the just the question back on itself with the idea of the dream within a dream. But when you have the movie within a movie, I I couldn't help but immediately have the best movie of all time, and it's not close with the big Lebowski. And then you got the dude, you have Walter, you have Donnie, and then they're an in inception. And instead of mm-hmm. of looking for the dude's rug on one level, they're dropping down two, three, four levels. They're finding the homework. They're trying to to get those Credence tapes. And so um, I, I think that's the movie within the movie. You've got, you've got the Big Lebowski guys, and they're doing multiple levels of dreams. <laughs>
1: This just went deep. This went so deep. I mean, this would be the best movie sequel ever is combining it. Now, so if we're, if we're doing the, if we're doing Inception of the Big Lebowski, I mean, we've got to get a cameo in there, right? So how, how are we getting, uh, who, Inception? That was Leo, right? Yeah, that was Leo. So Leo, Leo needs to come in somehow and get involved into this movie plot. So I, I, I don't know how, but I, I think maybe like Leo is on level three when it gets to the homework. Or does he maybe Leo become the the other Lebowski? How about that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I was thinking that he's probably in the the breathing apparatus. He's in the tube there, and <laughs> uh, it, it's it's some offspring of his who is is giving the the hard time. Maybe the the vehicle then that ends up getting destroyed as a result of his inability to to manage that situation.
1: <laughs> well, you are certainly correct in The Big Lebowski being, um, the, if not the best movie ever, at least one of them, because this is now, I believe, the second time this season we've had The Big Lebowski. Uh, but the first time we've had The Lebowski, uh, also with Inception. So, so pretty glorious there indeed. Uh, redraft PPR. What do I do with Brandon Cooks this week with Chris Hogan? Another week removed from injury. The Cooks splits with and without Hogan are pretty steep. Do I just start Crowder over him this week? What do you think about that? this question.
0: The, the splits are extremely large, but I think that we want to make sure we don't overstate how predictive those splits are going to be. The volume issue comes into play, but I think that with Gronkowski being back, uh, the shootout that we're all hoping for, the vertical ability. I mean, last week there were You know, Cooks didn't do anything, but he was a couple of plays or a couple of inches, or even just, you know, opposing defensive player not making a spectacular play from having a big week. And so this week, I think those plays are going to be executed. His points are going to come to fruition in a much more uh, positive manner for fantasy owners. So I think I would go with him there, still expect him to value from or to benefit from that shootout.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm not going to take Crowder over Cooks, and 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 you mentioned, you know, the the plays that we don't see. On in the box score, and, and you know, I think this is also given Cook the opportunity to get a little bit more involved in that offense and take a couple steps forward there, so I don't think that's going to backslide here um, just because Hogan's back, so I'm, I'm with you there on Cook's uh, redraft. The next one we've got is Sterling Shepard. Is he a sit or was last week a fluke? I can only start one out of Shepard, D.D. Westbrook, or Mohamed Sanu. <laughs>
0: Shepard, I think you have to go ahead and put on your bench if you have other players. The way that the volume breaks out there, any given week, he could certainly go off. But uh, even though it's an apples and oranges deal with Evan Ingram, I would, he's really the only player I think you can play with that offense completely collapsing. The Giants have gone back to Eli Manning. You can understand why they did that. multiple Super Bowl winner, the season being lost, really no legitimate prospects behind him that they definitely have to see, although they've discussed that. Uh, but, But Eli is not playing well enough to really support him or any part of the offense. With those options there, Westbrook is pretty exciting in terms of the volume that he's had. There were some red flags with him coming in, even with the fantastic season he had last year as a college player. Um, And then he had the injuries. But when you see someone who immediately when they're available to the team and certainly opened up by Robinson and Hearns being out, but they come back. They have that target volume, and then they execute, even within the context of an offense and a quarterback to where maybe you're not expecting the efficiency. I think I would go with him there, especially if there's anything to uh, the concerns the Fournette might not play this week, unless the Jaguars can really just sit on the ball in the second half, which is certainly a scenario you have to uh, be comfortable with if you want to go that direction. Unless they can do that, I think Westbrook is the guy.
1: Yep, with you there as well. I don't think Sanu is uh, at all a bad play. Um, you know, just an unheralded, undervalued touchdown producer, <laughs> it seems like, this year, um, which has somehow remained consistent and steady. Uh, but I'm with you there on Westbrook here. Uh, next one, Sean, is Dynasty. Uh, who are a couple under-the-radar targets you can pry from teams in the playoffs that aren't helping teams win right now?
0: We could go back to the guy from a couple of questions ago. I think that with Aaron Jones, he's not really seeing anything right now. And with Williams looking so strong, uh, his value drops. Now, on my top 100 list that I mentioned, you know, I had him in the 70s in the, Final edit that I do, or the final check before I put it out. I'm gonna to have to drop him down simply because obviously he's losing value as his teammate is gaining it. But that also creates the situation where perhaps now you can actually get him where a couple of weeks ago uh, he, he would have been a hands-off type of player uh, for his owner, or at least not for the price that he probably wanted to play to pay. I think another guy who might be sort of interesting uh, would be Melvin Gordon's backup. I think Austin Eckler has really everything that you want in the uh, current NFL in terms of the perfect running back. And certainly we see that their offensive line isn't particularly strong. That's Hurt Gordon. Uh, When he gets into space, he performs well. But then, you know, when someone like myself, as a, a Gordon enthusiast tries to make those excuses, then you watch his backup go and slice through the line, you know, make plays when the play isn't there and just simply look better i think that's someone who you know he's probably not going to win that job outright unless something somewhat strange happens but in the case of an injury he could come into a lot of value in a hurry
1: Good stuff there, Sean. Yeah. It's almost like you want this team to get a little bit more creative and somehow get these guys on the field simultaneously. It's for all the shit I give Hugh Jackson for being Hugh Jackson. I feel like they do kind of get, get it right with Crowell and Duke. Uh, granted, I, I think we still need to see more Duke, um, but I think when we do see him, I think, you know, methodically or tactically, I should say, they, they do it the right way. Definitely would love to see Eckler get more of that opportunity as well. Well, uh, Sean, you can go anywhere in the world uh, or when in the world? Where would you go or when would you go?
0: I'm a big enthusiast of Russian literature, and so I would I would love to go there at a variety of times, although uh, things things for so much of the last century have not been not been great there. so <laughs> you you would have to be very specific in terms of of when and where you went to to make sure everything turned out okay. I've the last several weeks I've been binge reading these books by Naomi Novik that are sort of alternate history with uh, with dragons. And so that probably sounds a little off the wall dragons being a little bit more of a of a fantasy-ish type of um, element in in the genre but but these books are set in the early 1800s Europe and dragons are actually the essentially the air force. For um, different uh, different nations as they try and fend off Napoleon. So I'm about halfway through the nine books there, and if I could go anywhere and any time and sort of any fake world, that that's where I would
1: go. That sounds, that actually sounds pretty glorious. And I'm going to have to take note of that because those books sound, uh, right up my alley as well. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to, you know, one of the things I'm, uh, I'm, uh, predominantly, well, I guess 50%, uh, German, but I, I didn't until recently realize that or, or find out it's actually a, a German via Russia. So I, uh, apparently that's where half of my family, the other family in England and in here coming over on the Mayflower, right? But, uh, I never would have given, uh, Russia, which, which makes sense for all that vodka I used to drink back in school. But uh, moving on from there, uh, John. last but not least, Week 15, bold prediction. Cool.
0: I, I have to make this one pretty personal. I mentioned that uh, NFFC team that I'm rooting for need to stay ahead. I keep looking at my team, I mentioned how it's not as good as my opponent's team. Uh, and Melvin Gordon, at this point, uh, doesn't seem like the high upside player that could have that Jamal Charles game to really carry it to, to some kind of glory. But I'm going to go ahead and make that my prediction anyway. I've had a chance to, as I mentioned, watch the King of city Chiefs defense uh, up close, or at least um, up close from the perspective of not fast forwarding through their games as quickly as I do the other 31 teams. And so I am well acquainted with the kind of defense they've been playing over the last month and a half. And I'm going to say Melvin Gordon slicing through the Chiefs for five touchdowns this weekend.
1: Yes. Yes. And I will be putting my Melvin Gordon lineups in, in daily fantasy as well. And all the Melvin Gordon, because, uh, when, uh, when you call that your bold prediction, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, um, rooted for you alongside. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And again, if you have any questions you want answered on the show, you can always submit them via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter using the hashtag RV Mailbag. Uh, so again, next week, week 16, going to be the big one. Um, so hopefully you're still around. Hopefully you're still here and, uh, submitting those QQs. Uh, Sean, many thanks. Thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. Any uh, last-minute plugs here?
0: I don't think so. I, it's been a blast. Always appreciate you having me. The mailbag has has the best and most creative questions, so it's it's always my favorite to come on.
1: Oh, we'll really appreciate that, and the, the pleasure is definitely all mine. And, uh, again, if you're not, um, I know you are, but if you're not, make sure you're following on the tweets at FF underscore Contrarian. And, again, don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at radio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Roto-Viz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotaviz.com/slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety-nine. Polos from sixteen ninety-nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.